Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never roleplayed before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. Our heroes came to rest in the town of Watch, where Quinny somehow kindly threatened Reginald, Alan ran into a vampiric grin from another dimension, and our heroes fought vampires and swore to defeat the mysterious Strahd. How will the Dum Dums find a vampire lord? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. So Bryn and the other vampires burn to ash um, in front of your eyes. And uh, Quinny, you find yourself left with more questions. Um, <laughs> yeah. The first and foremost, and probably quite loud, is what the fuck? Just as her ash settles to the ground. Well, vampires uh, are killed by sunlight. I don't know if you know this. So we brought them in the room and then they got hit with the sun and now they're all ash. Well, yeah, but Bryn wasn't a vampire. Who's Bryn? And uh, as Alan, I just say, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I that seemed to have been another Bryn. Um, she specifically told me that, like, our Bryn is trapped um, in a place called uh, Barovia. Um, I think you all hear, heard the part about killing the vampire Strahd, yeah? Okay. Yeah, so... Apparently, this weird vampire Bryn was trapped with our Bryn, which is why she's been, like, gone. So, uh, we gotta go save her? Um, Quinny, this makes a degree of sense to you. You've been trying to fucking piece together why Moral Streep would, would come for you guys uh, yeah. as, as hard as she did. Um, and this is, like, that last piece of the puzzle that just hadn't quite clicked yet, which is she wasn't after you. She was after Bryn. She was after Bryn. Man, I've been taking this really personally. <laughs> I also, mean, uh, she did declare herself the world's greatest thief. So, like, yeah, no, still, fuck it. I'm still, it's, it's still personal. <laughs> Bryn's a friend. <laughs> fuck Merle Streep. Also, like, as Laura, like, and a bit as Alan, my brain is just kind of broken as to, like, <laughs> how there are two Bryns when there's one me. And is there just one? No, there's more multiple Avalon Rikers. So, it, oh, is it the same Avalon? Or, or are there a bunch of Avalon Rikers, like, doing the same shit? And it's like, is that just like, oh, fuck. Man. Uh, so, if, Tom, I think if only there was a one <laughs> shot that could answer some of that for you. As you say, Tom, while everyone's standing there with their minds exploding, I think Reginald would go and loot the bodies. He wants to see if there's anything useful from them. He also has an ability called Grim Psychometry uh, where he can like basically look into an object and discover dark secrets about right, its right, past. Right, right, right. Used that on the Ooh. hammer before. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So he's not it. sure if he wants to do that, but he'd like to know if there's anything that would be useful for that purpose. Um, I would say there isn't much um, that can be gleaned uh, as they burned up. Um, their, their clothes got pretty singed, um, but you are able to um, find the insignia that um, Bryn was wearing um, from the Thieves Guild. Um, it, are you gonna use your grim psychometry on it or um, are you just gonna look like look at it? Is it the, th here's the weird, like what would Reginald think it's of? Does it match the Thieves Guild from his world or is it? Uh, no, it doesn't. Um, it is a, um, a dagger um, sort of wrapped in thorns. Alrighty, does anybody know what this thing is? Does Quinny recognize it as a as a thief? Uh no. No. This doesn't look like any guild you've seen. Okay. Quinny will just shake his head. Alright then. Let's see what happens. Uh and then he like looks at it and holds it up in front of him and he goes slightly cross-eyed because he has to do that like uh the seeing eye puzzle thing where you have to like relax yeah, your eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so sometimes you can do the magic eye and it works, and other times you can't, so he doesn't know. He's gonna try. Fair enough. Um, okay, do you need to roll anything, or do I just... Yeah, it's it's considered a history check that I have advantage on, so let's okay, see go ahead. Fun. what happens. Wow, that is, that is a bad roll. <laughs> uh, a 12. 12. Um, That's not that okay, so you get glimpses of um, this uh, Bryn's journey. Um, things she she saw. It's again dead in that like uh, one ring of power, Harry Potter and the pensive kind of silver vision. Um, but um, you um, see her um, sort of at a guild hall 
um, being uh, sort of attacked, ambushed, um, captured, um, and uh, brought uh, before uh, an incredibly strikingly um, handsome man with sharp features um, who looks uh, something like the cover of this book I'm holding called The Curse of Strahd. Um, Ooh, I wonder who it is. Yeah, his name is Bill. Um, no, uh, and um, a uh, an orcish woman um, standing uh, kind of with her arms crossed uh, who looks very frustrated um, with this. And you hear her mutter something like, it's not the right one. Um, you see a glimpse of um, Bryn being thrown into um, a, uh, a jail cell in a crypt. Um, and then eventually, uh, along with um, a couple of other people who look very similar to her, um, they are taken out one by one and disappear. Um, you see a, a box being delivered uh, inside which is yet another um, woman who looks like her. <clears throat> um and then uh, you have uh, a horrible uh, image of this orcish woman sinking teeth into her neck and uh, turning her. Um, and then uh, this woman seeming to escape, fleeing um, through the mists. Um, and then uh, that's kind of about all you get. Uh, so the dark history you get off this object is the story of how Bryn was turned. Um, now, you don't know our world's Bryn at all. So she doesn't mean anything to you visually. Uh, you also don't know Merle Streep. Um, I don't think. No, I, I haven't. I didn't pay attention to the picture because I was elsewhere stealing things. Yeah, and it it wasn't your world where we met her. It was 2019. I'm getting all the timelines confused now because <laughs> fucking sure. Uh, <laughs> but this never happened on Quantum Leap. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, you... Um, but you can sort of very clearly see that um, from what you understand of all this cross-dimensional shit, it seems like um, Strahd and his queen are collecting Brins um, for some unknown purpose. All right, so here's what I'm getting from this dagger. There's some kind of fancy king vampire. I'm going to guess if we have to kill him, probably Strahd. Uh, he seems to have a queen of some kind, some, like, intense, pissed-off orc lady. Uh, and they're collecting uh, Bryn. You said the, the, dead, the, the one that talked to was Team Kill the Vampires was named Bryn? They're, they're looking for a bunch of Bryns. Well, what? then, we've got to stop them. I mean, we've got to save our Bryn, and honestly, it's probably a good idea to just save all of them. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, does anyone <laughs> know how to goes, get to yes king uh, and jumps and punches <laughs> the air like he used to for go horde um, so having made the decision then to to seek out um, to head to Barovia and to yeah. uh, bring a reckoning to Merle Streep and uh, to save Bryn comma Bryns if any of the others are still alive um, you remember her words um, to find uh, the Vistani now the Vistani are a um, all of you would know them as um, sort of a nomadic people. Um, they travel in um, beautiful, very colorful uh, color uh, covered wagons. Um, they are uh, one of the things that um, often, and obviously there's many different types of Vistani, but um, a lot of caravans will stop in town and kind of um, participate in almost um, storytelling uh, events. Um, there's uh, there's great curiosity and a great kind of interest in archiving the stories of the world um, that the Vistani have. And uh, as a result, you've probably, if you haven't attended any of these events, you've probably at least gone by them. They're, they really are kind of a, a, you know, people get very excited um, when, a, when a caravan pulls into town. Um, and because they are nomadic people and because they often come through places, um, watch is actually a pretty good place to try and, and, and find them. So I think you check in with um, Fregaria Habisca, who was very happy that you helped uh, murder all the vampires um, as uh, she sort of mops the place up and hangs her axes back up over the mantle. Um, and she, uh, she um, says there isn't a, a caravan in town right now, obviously, but um, she does know of an encampment not far from here. And... If you are seeking them, that's probably your best chance um, if you sort of strike out immediately uh, to catch them before they um, pack up and move on to the next town. 
Tom, I just have a question. Would it be wise for us to kind of travel light and maybe not move our whole caravan of people and everything with us at this point to get to them in time? Yeah. So um, definitely uh, traveling lights, a good idea. Also from the sounds of things uh, you're going on like an infiltration and extraction, possibly assassination mission, which isn't great with like a bunch of, of people. So uh, as as is often the way of these things, uh, this is kind of the choose your character uh, <laughs> moment there, Laura. I feel like this is probably an Alan quest, given that it's Bryn related. But you know, what? I think I'm going to choose Juniper. She seems to have a bigger stake in this. <laughs> yeah, all right, cool, cool. Just kidding. Obviously, um, I'm kidding. Great. All right, then I'll play Alan. <laughs> <laughs> great. Um, and uh, Tyler, you'll be Annan. Um, I will Perfect. be playing Quinny. All right. Excellent. Um, Cool. So um, the I think what we'll probably say is the rest of the sort of Dum Dums caravan um, will begin to head um, sort of back towards um, uh, the Sword Coast. So heading because I mean, again, there's a lot of question marks going on right now. You don't really know what's going on with the Planteers. Um, you're not at a position where you can strike into the heart of a car just yet. Um, mm-hmm. So they'll just kind of keep heading that way until they hear otherwise. Uh, yeah, I and, I, and I think Juniper also uh, feels it would be wise if for some reason this group fails in retrieving mm-hmm. Bryn, um, then she can continue looking for Avalon Riker herself. Also, admittedly, um, as important as this seems from like a personal perspective, um, none of this seems to be directly tied to the Collide that Juniper yeah. is aware of. So... Like, there's obviously Collide-related shit happening, but... Yeah, it's like, well, I get it. This is, like, one of Avalon's, like, other daughters. But, like, Jesus, we already have one of his daughters, like... Yeah. Also, if you all get killed, Mara. Um, cool. Yeah. So we'll say that that's maybe what Juniper does in the meantime, is she right. goes in search of, of Riker. Um, cool. And then uh, she uh, she talks to herself as Dr. Martha just for a little bit, doing therapy on herself for also being left behind once again. Un- understandable. I mean, but like left behind with admittedly, like she's basically leading like Anna yeah. and uh, Leanne Lion Shield and uh, Look, Trax and she Sand chose and this, Dexter but and, even yeah. so. Quinny, Quinny would take her aside and be like, I'm trusting you with the protection of these people. Um, you know, I uh, don't let me down. I mean, well, uh, I am going to try to not let the world down and therefore you. Perfect. That's all I ask. Just don't let the world down. And uh, Goblin Jr. gives you a knowing look, kind of like, I know you're saying this to make her feel better, but you really trust in me, right? And I will, in beast speech, <laughs> just be like, snarf, snarf, and be like, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> snarf, snarf, all right. Um, cool. So with that, um, you bid farewell to your friends, and uh, you travel to the caravan. Um, you arrive to a um, a small encampment. Um, the smell of uh, of uh, sizzling bacon um, over a uh, an open fire, um, and um, it would seem that um, uh, the folks from the caravan are, are just uh, they're in the process of starting to get packed up. Um, so you know they're they're taking down some of the overhangings and places where they've kind of hung up um, clothes to dry and that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, as you kind of, um, stumble out of the, uh, the woods, uh, sort of onto the, the edge of the camp, um, you hear a series of whistles, um, kind of from the trees around you and, um, a, uh, a man turns, um, and, um, sort of a, a big grin spreads across his face, uh, very much a politician's grin. And, um, he kind of, um, uh, dusts off his hands and, and, uh, comes over to, to greet you. Um, he's wearing... Um, just sort of a, 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 a nice sort of burgundy vest. Um, uh, otherwise, he's uh, shirtless underneath. Um, he's in like uh, the kind of shape that you can tell someone who chops wood a lot is in. So, uh, you know, it's not like he's going to the gym to get swole. Uh, just kind of, kind of comes by it naturally. Um, he's got a, a, a shaved head um, and just like a little goatee. And uh, again, just kind of a, a winning smile. Um, and, uh, as he approaches, uh, he just says, uh, well, uh, hail and well met travelers. Um, I'm afraid, uh, <laughs> you kind of caught us with our proverbial pants down here. We're actually just in the, the process of packing up, but, uh, we certainly have food to spare and, uh, we'd be happy to replenish your supplies if you need it. Uh, what, uh, what, what brings you to the woods? 
Wow, that is uh, very hospitable and welcoming of you. Um, might you be the uh, the traveling uh, uh, Vishtani? Ah, the Stani, yes, yes. Vistani? Uh, uh, I am. Uh, my name is uh, Dice Thoreau. Uh, I'm the uh, the uh, caravan uh, master here. Uh, it's my job to make sure that we, you know, don't leave anything important behind, and that we we get to our next location in a in a timely manner. Um, and uh, you know, I understand a lot of folks <clears throat> in the woods uh, are not as hospitable. Uh, you look like uh, fighting folk uh, yourself. You've all clearly seen. Your share of action. Um, thought it might be uh, nice for a change to, to be greeted by a friendly face rather than, uh, you know, the horrors that lurk in the woods. Can I, can I tell if this guy's like running some kind of con yep. right now? Like he seems super welcoming and nice. Yep, sure. Go ahead and roll an insight check, please. Or perception. I take either. I think, I think they're both the same thing, right? Insight is also wisdom. Yeah. Um, I'll do perception just because I have <laughs> points in it. Um, 22. 22. Um, yeah. Uh, despite Quinny being an, a naturally uh, non-trusting... Cynical. Cynical guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, this guy seems to be on the level. Um, you do get the sense from looking at him and some of the, the, the fighters uh, amongst... There's like a, a couple of women like bench pressing an insane amount of, of logs. Um, okay. That... Uh, it's to some extent comfortable um, hospitality because if anyone started shit, it's like uh, you can be really hospitable when you have huge bouncers. Um, <laughs> so like looking around and looking at him, like he's clearly a fighter himself and right. you, you get the sense that it is genuine, but there is also, he can be genuine about it. Cause it seems like everyone here is capable enough that if anyone started shit, they'd be fine. So he can afford to be a little bit more welcoming than, than most, but no, there's no, there's no guile. It just legitimately seems like people who spend all their, their entire life on the road, just recognizing travelers. You don't seem to have any ill intent. You're not sneaking up. You're not, you know, weapons out. So yeah, it seems genuinely. Uh, okay. Um, then, uh, then, then I'll say, um, uh, I, a meal would be great. Um, we we were hoping, really, the, the main thing we came to to get was uh, directions to uh, Barovia. But uh, but before any of that, I, I I should introduce myself. My name is Quinny Brownbarrow. I'm uh, the king of Aka. Um, these are my okay. allies here. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Alan and I look Hello. over and, like my eyes go wide <laughs> as I look to Reginald, being like, we didn't make up a fake ID. For him, for this group of people, and they might know the name Reginald Tinker. So I think I'll just, I just turn back like Reginald, just Reginald, <laughs> just Alan, and just Reginald. That's their names. <laughs> Go King, uh, and he'll jump and do the same thing he did for the horde. And oh. Quinny's just glad someone said something so he could stop talking because he was like, <laughs> he was like, that's it. My two friends, that's their names. They each have one name each and it's Alan and Reginald and they have no last names. Ah, uh, yes. Like the famous traveling singer Madonna or the famous book club founder Oprah. Um, well, uh, well met friends uh, and uh, your highness. Uh, I, and I, we didn't know royalty was coming. Otherwise, I would have busted out the fine... Uh, Camp stove. Uh, honestly, we're not really huge on luxury here. Uh, big, bigger on function, but um, this is already great. Barovia. Do you do you understand what what you are asking there? Do you do you even really know what Barovia is? Yeah, yeah it's a place. Uh, just need directions there. Ah, Actually, we see. need a little bit. <laughs> Barovia is a place, just a place, in the way. This man is a king. And a tent flap opens, and a familiar face appears. Not Peter Baelish. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective mind. But now we sell t-shirts and hoodies and water bottles and a ton of amazing products, all because we use Shopify. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It is 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Honestly, we tried to do merchandise for years, either to make things that were high quality, to make things that we could ship easily, to make things shippable in multiple markets. We just could not find that answer until we found Shopify. Once we got set up with them, it has been a breeze. Money transfers, no problem. Payments converted, it makes it so easy. I don't have to do anything manual. None of our team does to be able to provide high, high quality merch. Shopify gave us the control to be able to make our business even more successful and it can do that for you because Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify, and yours should too. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums, D-U-M-B D-U-M-B-S now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's the way you get to hear this. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs and it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices, if people were outside of the U.S., were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. Hello, everyone. It's Tyler Hewitt here, just taking a little break from the show to let you know that Dum Dums and Dice have a Patreon. Yeah. Did you know that? Have you heard about this? We've got a Patreon, and we've got a bunch of different tiers for you to subscribe at, the lowest one being just $1 per month, and with that, you actually get one of my favorite perks. You get access to our patron-only Discord. You got a lot of fans hanging out on there already. It's very active. Uh, we hang out on there. We're active uh, and part of the Discord as well. We've got one of my favorite channels is the Questions for Cast channel, where you can ask us about our process, about our characters or anything like that, but also just like personal, you know, kind of get to know us questions as well. Uh, And I like getting to know the fans of our shows uh, on this Discord. So it's been great so far. I highly recommend it. You should head over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. One more time, patreon.com slash dumdumdice. See you there. How, how, I'm looking at my character sheet, how far is this tent flap from where I'm standing? Uh, it's, uh, I don't know, about four meters. Perfect. I full on sprint to not Peter Baelish. I'm just like, not Peter Baelish. I'm just like halfling small person, like jump in the air and give him a great big bear hug. <laughs> and not Peter Bayless just like gently like spins around <laughs> hugging Quinny.
And uh, the, the caravan master, um, his grin, you didn't think it could get wider, but it manages. Uh, he says, oh, you know not, Pete? Well, fuck, we could have started with that. Um, but uh, No, it's better. You, we talked about this, Dicey. You know, it's, um, it's, ca- it's called gravitas with mm. an entrance. You know what? You're still learning, but that wood chopping is really coming along, I have to tell you. Thank you very much, sir. I really appreciate it. And thank uh, and you then- for the wood. He, uh, he he turns to, uh, I guess, Alan and Reginald, because Quinn isn't there anymore. And he's like, not Pete's my mentor. <laughs> and then and- I think Reginald turns to Alan and goes, so is that like Quinny's former lover? Yeah, uh, as he's watching, like, in the meantime, it's like, we're playing patty cake now, yeah. almost. Like, the, the handshake we're doing is so, like, complicated. It basically just turns into this delightful game. It's like, incredibly elaborate. And as soon as we finish, we're both holding each other's hands, just jumping and laughing. Like, <laughs> yes, yes! <laughs> there, there is intimacy here. <laughs> Not Peter Baelish, can't help but say. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like... I, they go back a long way. Honestly, I, I don't. I still don't know where they met, or I knew once and I've forgotten. But whatever. <laughs> so, uh, not Pete. You you notice a few things about your your friends. Um, uh, Quinny's missing an eye and wearing an eye patch. Oh uh-huh. shit! <laughs> um, Alan has a robot hand, uh, which I believe is gloved. Laura, is that your you're doing the Luke Skywalker? Yes. Standard. So uh, never mind. You notice that Alan's wearing gloves. They're they're nice. Got, which uh, are which are so lovely. Blue. And of course, it's been a long time since Not Pete has seen Alan. That immediately mm-hmm. Not Pete goes over and says, "Ah, my dear Alan, it has been so long since I've seen you." And I put out my hand to shake her hand, and I I shake the robot hand, and I'm just like, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, you didn't recall the squishy mage having such a firm handshake. Um, and then I you turn... also chopping wood with only this hand. Or what's up? What's up with this? Uh, and then you turn uh, to um, your your old pal Butthole Farge, uh, but there's something off about him. He he looks slightly more uh, ruggedly handsome. Uh, his armor is is much different, but I mean that that could just just be a thing. Um, but he hasn't talked about his farting god at all yet um which is which is very strange uh and as you look at him you realize that this this isn't this isn't butthole yeah next to him is a small donkey instead of his wolf companion uh and he's carrying a warhammer the head of which is on fire i think like a little sebastian from parks and rec but like slightly larger so he and I, uh, not Pete, just uh, turns to Quinny and is like, "What? Well, uh, what happened?" Not Pete. Obviously, you remember Reginald. Yeah. Yes, our, of course. Our friend Re- Reginald. Re- our friend, our dear friend Reginald, of whom we all have so very many stories, uh, because we were there with him when the stories were being made. Mm. Oh, you're from my dimension too. Mm-hmm. Are you? Were you with the Alliance or the Horde? The, yeah. uh, so, not Pete. Like, looks over at Quinny, who's like looking over at the encampment, and the Vistani are looking back at not Pete. Like, there's just sort of like there's a shift. There is a shift in the air, and everyone can kind of feel it. And I don't know if if Reginald, even if like he doesn't maybe necessarily understand what that shift is, it's just like, oh, that's different, you know? Like, and I say, ah, oh, yeah, just a what a I forgot what a jokester <laughs> Reginald is. Uh, so funny that no one can understand the punchlines. Uh, why don't you please make your way in here and uh, down to Quinny? Not Pete is just like just. You can explain later. Just take care of your friend right now. Make sure he does not mention that again or else I'll have to slit your throats myself. I mean, I won't actually do it, obviously. You're like my best friend in the whole world. Like, and I'm going to ask about the eye later as well. Don't think I haven't noticed that. But just make, you know, okay, so just take care of him, okay? Yep, got it, got it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, now Pete is just like, you know, like clap, clap with the hands. And it's like, (laughs) break out the good cook stove after all. Why not? Um, And uh, the two ladies who are benching the logs are like, Finally, a chance to use the good cook stove. And there's and a chant like, that rises up. The good cook stove. <laughs> the, the good, good cook, cook stove. Good cook stove. <laughs> and um, uh, the caravan master just like looks down at his itinerary and he's like, 
Well, what not Pete says goes. So much for scheduling. And he just like throws his his planner in the air. And uh, everyone laughs and laughs. Yeah. He finally learned the value of friendship and family over work, uh, like Robin Williams at the end of Hook. And it was um, a huge arc that no one knew about. It was honestly like, by the tie-in novel. It's so good. Uh, Dice the Row, Caravan Master. It's a it's a truly uh, epic adventure. Um, so yes, um, you make your way inside uh, Not Pete's tent, which um, Quinny, as you you approach it, you realize is actually the bag of holding uh, that you gave oh. him uh, that has been converted through uh, mysterious means into um, a a sort of portable uh, living space. So what what do I walk into here? Cat, uh, uh, what is uh, was not Pete's uh, magic folding tent house like? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I mean, you can't you can't get the smell out. You just <laughs> yeah, the um, smell of dead uh, gnome. I believe it like was. it's just there. You know what? Butler, In a weird yeah. way, like I've become not Pete has become so used to it that it's just like it doesn't even like whatever. But you know, mm. it's still weird. Yes. Yeah. So um, going in. The, like, this is glamping, okay? Like, this is... Like, not Pete um, is as manicured with his surroundings as he is with his beautiful, beautiful goatee, right? So um, there is, like, a, a shelf uh, full of, like, all these different uh, kinds of books. Some of them are just clearly for fun, like Twilight. And some <laughs> of them are clearly have to do, like, titles to do with maybe, say... Um, these vampires that you uh, find you've been uh, going up against and maybe some darker tomes, some that kind of have some darker energy coming off of them, but they're kept uh, safely in their place. There is this, like, imagine if a king-size bed was an emperor of somewhere even larger than <laughs> a country. That's the size of bed it is. And it is stuffed to the brim with feathers. There's, like, these scarves coming down that are, like, kind of thin and gauzy. And <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it's, oh, oh just mwah, chef's kiss, num, num, num. Like, it's, uh, like, there's glitter, but it's not the kind of glitter that doesn't get out of the carpet. Like, you know it could be cleaned up, but it just rests, <laughs> gen- like, it just looks, like, someone must have cast a spell on it. It looks so good. There's a window. How does that happen? No one knows. Um, there's also, uh... Uh, a station where it looks like kind of maybe where some of those like strong women could do exercises and uh, not P is just like sometimes for fun they just lift me uh, <laughs> for whose fun though am I right <laughs> and then not P just like elbows good is like you 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 just you get me you know like you just you understand me seriously what happened to the eye because uh, 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 I want you to take in all the surroundings, but like you've got one eye. Yeah, no, just a real quick summary. I did trade it to the notorious bog witch Baba Yaga. Oh, the uh, chicken legs on the, uh, the yeah, the yeah, I cabin, thought, yeah. The house was up on chicken legs yeah, and the whole did it thing. Run yeah. away? I guess not. It took. It tried out. to step on us, um, right, yeah. but uh, she does uh, yeah. that. She does that. Uh, apparently, yeah, we we found out. Um, anyway. Uh, kind of a contract situation. Uh, she wants me to kill her demon son. So that's what I'm kind of working on. Right, right. (laughs) Uh, You're the one who took that contract. I, I am. Yeah, I needed an out because my 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 existing contract was just no good. Um, I pull up kinda... a chair like for for Quinny, um, and it's like uh, imagine if William Sonoma was as classy as a lot of people think it is, like that kind of that like it's that. Um, okay, nice. Yeah. So and it's um, like just super. So I like pat the chair. Um, uh, not Pete pulls up. Uh, Actually, okay, you know those like fainting couches? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's that, and it's this like uh, like hunter green. Like it's like there, there is such needless opulence. I cannot stress this enough in this tent, considering like what you saw of the camp outside. Like this, like there's mm, anyway lots of treasures, and also also Quinny may note that tucked away in the corner is a single, very well-kept copy of the game Crocodile Dentist. Hell yeah, it is. I'm going to make a note of that. <laughs> Put that in my official notebook. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, not Pete, like, uh, gently sprawls on the fainting couch and is just, you know, kind of gesturing, like, yes, you know, tell me more. Uh, 
So just again, real quick summary. Um, I did die. Um, and you died. Uh, I did. Uh, and but you're uh, here. yes. But uh, was there I, anything after this, or is like, is that it? No, there's a whole mess <laughs> of shit that happens after you die, man. Honestly, don't Ooh. die. Like, hold on to life for as long as you can because it is fucking garbage Ooh. out there. <laughs> um, that's, that's rough news. It that's... is. I'm. This, hey, you got one life, or in my case, two, but usually one. Uh, just live it to the fullest, um, or else. You no, know like I'm gonna in my write case. that down in my gratitude journal. I've started keeping gratitudes. I'm gonna. That's good. Like that. yeah, I right under like, where you're, it you're says living. "not in a cult," like I got it. <laughs> <laughs> not Pete yeah. writes down. Live life to the fullest. Yeah. Sometimes you get one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was uh, my soul. I guess was intercepted by a, a demon lord. Uh, goes by the name of the one of many faces, coerced me into a contract of servitude, uh, gave me these uh, demon powers, and I just summoned a sword out of my hand uh, and then spirited away again. Um, And so he's actually Baba Yaga's son. Uh, It was a very bad uh, employee-employer relationship. Um, And so... Yeah, it sounds uh, like a non-union, right? Oh, man, yeah. Total non-union gig. Yeah, yeah. Alan, uh, you I, feel I a, a horrible moment of, like, expectantly, you just expect Butthole to chime in about the value of unions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, you realize Winnie's there's... heart sinks a little yeah, too. There's, there's <laughs> yeah. a complete absence of it. Uh, Reginald, you're just still impressed by all this stuff um, and vaguely confused about what's going on. Yeah, Reginald is just standing at military attention with nothing to add, but he's just a statue. <laughs> Yeah. I think I like I kind of start to say I'm like is this is is this caravan union I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh not Pete, you know, obviously like wants to hear all of um Quinny's adventures and it it does take like some work for not Pete to like shift his attention because kind of like his curiosity starts overriding um just his natural like desire to like continue to be friends with his cool cool bud. Um, so he like looks over to Alan and then over to Reginald and, uh, kind of, uh, starts stroking his goatee and says, oh, Quinny, it seems there are many stories that have been told in my absence. Yes. Uh, Reginald, um, we're not gonna, we're not gonna lie to not Peter Baelish here. Um, this is not Peter Baelish, uh, oh. not Pete. This is, uh, Reginald Tingler, um, so not Pete. That name is familiar to you uh, because the Hanover the... Tinglers. <laughs> uh, on the the night of the thiefies, um, the uh, famous awards uh, for thieves uh, that you attended in disguise, uh, you actually. I mean, encountered... they're no Steelies, but they're up there. <laughs> it's like, true. Well, they're... now now they're the Quinnies uh, because Quinny Quinny died at these these Celsium Awards. <laughs> it was a posthumous honor. Yeah, he <laughs> was killed on the stage. <laughs> By you Reginald have lived Tingler. Lives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, not Pete. You were there. Um, you you helped the the team out a little bit, and then disappeared into the crowd. Uh, yeah. You were actually working your own angle, though, so you didn't stick around to see it. When you heard rumors that uh, Quinny had been killed on stage, uh, you thought it was uh, uh, likely an elaborate ruse, uh, because you know. Fuck that. And also, uh, those are the only kind of ruses worthwhile. Like, you got to totally. make it elaborate, much like my glamping tent. <laughs> yes, exactly right. You got to have your own separate corner for <laughs> crocodile dentist. We're in a place of honor. Um, but um, Reginald Tingler, uh, you remember, is uh, the brother of Butthole Farch and the uh, was a strong man uh, for the nation of Aka, which uh, is a warlike uh, nation that um, has... Uh, Worships the god of war and has been up to all sorts of nefarious things. Uh, but Reginald very famously was murdered on stage at the Thiefies um, by uh, the combined powers of, of Alan and Butthole. So it's very strange that uh, this, this man is, in fact, standing before you. But uh, what you know of Reginald Tingler is he was a uh, kind of a, a classic braggart douchebag. Like he was a douche bro um, of royal degrees. So just like showing up places, throwing his weight around. He owned um, several yachts. Several yachts. And he <laughs> didn't really travel on any of them. No. Uh, they didn't. never left he, port. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this this guy is is a far cry from kind of the like uh, Jersey Shore uh, Reginald Tingler that you you kind of knew by reputation. So uh, still stroking the goatee, not Pete says, um, well, I sincerely doubt that you, Reginald, can tell me the horrifying tales that Quinny could have 
the life that comes after death. You... You look like the Reginald Tingler that I once knew, that douchey, tanned <laughs> slab of beef jerky who dared call himself a man. And yet you are not of him. You don't have his essence. Uh, and he looks to Quinny, not sure what to do. You can, we're, we're not, <laughs> no, no lies here. Um, not Peter Baelish is, is good people. Um, and I didn't want to give the full spiel out there to the Vistani just because I'm trying to un, be, make this as uncomplicated as possible. We just need directions, right? But man, if anybody understands complications and plot twists, <laughs> it's not Peter Baelish. Alan just pipes up. I mean, we also, we kind of need them to, to sneak us in. Yeah, yeah. It's, so sorry, not not just directions. Sorry, sorry. Continue. I'm like sensing this is like there's just like there there are moments going on that don't involve me yet. So. <laughs> but also, Matt Pete is just like fe- like feeling immediately like I'm being such a bad host. You should include <laughs> you should include everybody. Like if you invite them into your glamping tent, I mean, come on. But so kind of like nods to Adam. It's just like okay, like cool. We'll talk about that later. But let's okay, Reginald, what's up? Like you know. That kind of look. So apparently I'm this butthole guy's brother and sort of look like him, but I'm actually his brother from another dimension where he doesn't exist. I fell through a portal and now I'm here. I don't understand anything of what's going on, pretty much. Uh, Quinny uh, seemed to distrust me and then threatened to kill me multiple times, which for the record is ongoing. And uh, I packed myself to Baba Yaga to force him to team up with me. Well, that's all that in one, okay. Uh, <laughs> huh. Um, so, uh, so to Tom, how much would not Pete know about um, any of this, like, interdimensional kind of travel stuff? Like, yeah, especially- yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, not Pete um, is a Vistani and uh, has been and traveling proud. around uh, for some time. Um, and the Vistani, um, what he's able to explain to you is, uh, as you're kind of having this, this general chat about kind of what's up, um, is that, um, a lot of the reason the Vistani travels so much and collect stories is not just for kind of love of the game, although there is a degree of that. Um, it's also to keep an eye on, um, all the various, uh, Possibly world-ending threats uh, that that might exist um, that are passed on through story and and sort of through local knowledge. I think uh, almost more of a um, traveling uh, men in black kind of operation. So, um, cool. not Pete, you actually uh, you are aware of the idea of of it's definitely been uh, proposed, and I think there have been, in, uh, for lack of a better term, incursions. Um, from uh, other dimensions, but they're so rare and seemingly random uh, that it's been kind of, in the X-Files kind of uh, priority list of scary things that happen, it's like one of those weird uh, Monster of the Week episodes that was kind of a one-off that was like really memorable and everyone really likes it, but that it wasn't tied to like nine seasons of storytelling. Like the fluke uh, worm. I was specifically thinking of the fluke man, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm really happy we're friends. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Um, <laughs> so, um, yes, uh, it's not uh, earth shattering for you. Um, it's certainly strange, but it's not outside the realm. Um, also, uh, you're very familiar with the idea of um, multiple planes of existence and that sort of thing. Uh, it's not so much an alternate dimension where there's copies of all of us walking around, but definitely... You know, there's the Fey realm. There's all these other realms that you know exist. And uh, your experience with Barovia was similar to this. It, it exists out of step with with time and geography, which is part of the reason why it's it's so problematic. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of, I, I think, what you know on that front. So, um, not P kind of using his core strength, lifts himself up into a sitting <laughs> position on the fainting couch. Like, have you ever have you ever seen someone like gracefully manage to sit up without using their arms at all to sit up? Like, I mean, I'm seeing it in my mind's eye right now, but I've never yeah. seen it in person. I was gonna yeah. say, it's vaguely that like vampire, like, yeah, just, like a just rise. But there's something a little bit more like just sort of, uh, just sort of like, mm, 
Cirque <laughs> <laughs> de so sit, yes. <laughs> Thank you for recognizing my training. She was uh, on the fainting couch and you didn't just go with Cirque de Soleil? <laughs> oh, yikes. Hey, that's a series wrap joke. on Dum Dums and Dragons, everybody. I couldn't have made that joke without Cirque de So Sit. <laughs> <laughs> So it seems much like all of us, this dimension now contains multitudes. And it's very interesting, you know, that you come from a different place and the very thing that we all seem to be traveling toward also wishes to conquer this place from a different realm itself. Finds itself here, so out of step. And yet, now the shoe's on the other foot. Not Pete says as he looks at Reginald and then uses the rest of his core strength to um, get up from the fainting couch. And um, Alan to herself is just like, what the shit? <laughs> and well, lang- I'm lost again. <laughs> languidly moves over to where the library is and um, kind of like through the titles of the books and like picks out one that you can tell like has that um like the heaviness of maybe some dark magic around it um and kind of like remembering you know like alan's love of books especially magic books um not peter's just like do you know what this is alan uh can i can i reach reach out and touch uh, it roll an arcana check uh 12 uh, you can read the spine. <laughs> what, what what does the spine say? It's <laughs> a good question. Kat, what does the spine say? Uh, the, the spine says, this world contains multitudes and so do the people <laughs> in it. And how very fascinating that those that are out of step are now here and now the shoe is on the other. But it's basically just a praise of exactly what Not Pete had just said. Um, and then uh, it's just like, you know, it's out of print, and you wonder why. I mean, obviously, the PR guy, a terrible job, terrible job on it. But specifically, this tome, one of many that I have collected over my time with my people, explaining the stories of some of those who came from different places now gathered in this place. We have been, all of us, for a long time, trying to defeat that one terrible evil. The one in Barovia. And we found ourselves unable to. At best, we've managed to trap him, but... And not Pete gets this, like, look on his face as he um, kind of clutches the book a little bit further. There's there's a darkening, and maybe some of it is coming from the magic from the book, or mm. maybe some of it is coming from the memories that maybe he's reliving at the moment, but there is the heaviness that almost takes over his body and his facial features. We've done our best so far. We don't have the numbers, we don't have the strength, but in managing to keep Strahd in his place. Then he had to go with him. Some Vistani who knew what they were getting into, but almost a civilization's worth of people had to go with him as well. Trapped in this horrible place with him. We don't know how to get him out. But maybe Reginald holds the secrets. And uh, not Pete kind of like shakes his head trying to get some of that heaviness off of his shoulders. Um, opens the book and said, I've been going over some of the passages in here. This book had been calling me for a long time, hence why it's in my collection. But something in here, I, I felt as though there was some kind of clue, but we were missing a piece, and I believe Reginald might be the answer, but I, I cannot be sure. Um, so... Uh, not Pete kind of goes over to where Alan is and like shows Alan uh, some of the pages which has like 
basically like some spells on it and kind of some lore that goes along with it of, yeah, basically like defeating Strahd. But like in the way that a lot of um, old text is written, you know, it's in such like dense poetic mm-hmm, language mm-hmm. and in and written in such like metaphors wrapped in similes, wrapped in even more metaphors. So, so much. It's so like that even not Pete is unsure what it means. <laughs> like, so, yeah. Uh, Alan, in looking at it, um, you understand uh not Pete's um, sort of excitement um, because uh, there are two things you note. Um, one is uh, the the book seems to speak of um, certain um, magical items that um, have the may have the power to defeat Strahd. Um, he's only referred to in this text as the Devil Strahd, mm. um, and. To Kat's point, the book is is overly dense, um, and if you were to venture a guess, was likely something that was smuggled out of Barovia some time ago and then inexplicably published. Um, because Honestly, the like, I wish I knew the story behind that because I'm sure it is a wild ride. <laughs> Tie-in novels, I'm telling you. <laughs> um, but uh, the book speaks of. Um, uh, three major items um, that can be used um, to uh, defeat the Devil Strahd. Um, It speaks of um, uh, something called the Devil's Tome. There is the uh, mention of the Icon of Ravenkind. Okay. And um, finally, the Sun Scythe. Um, and not Pete, I think as Alan is, is looking, um, at all of this, you, again, as your, your brain is kind of trying to put the, the pieces together of, of where Reginald can fit. You once sought out, uh, the essence of butthole, uh, for this exact purpose. Um, but then obviously after your deal with Quinny, um, you decided to explore other v- venues, but now there, there's something that's, that's evoking, um, Reginald and, you're, it, it's it's just like that that classic thing where you just you just know there's just something that you haven't quite put together, and then suddenly it occurs to you. You rush over to um, uh, next to Crocodile Dentist. There is a small pack of cards. Uh, known it's as, my games corner. Yes, yeah, yeah. Everyone's got to have a games corner. I'm hoping to get like Munchkin pretty soon. Like maybe the Resistance. I'm not sure. Yeah, there's some like uh, unpainted Warhammer models. Yeah, um, like just some cards from Settlers of Catan. Just some. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Not, not enough to really run the game, but like no, it's close. Not, no, not at all. It's all wheat. <laughs> it's nothing but wheat. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a game that not Peter's devised that's just about trading the cards. Like there is yeah. no victory. It's just negotiating to get the most cards, either through theft or trickery. Yeah. The game is called Nothing But Wheat. It's just... <laughs> I build a road of wheat. Yeah, I've got cards. some wheat. You've got some wheat. Let's make a deal. Yeah. Uh, Someone somewhere is like playing Wheat Kings, like on the loot, like oh, yeah. way in the distance, yeah, just outside in the. Uh, say it's a classic Vistani song. Um, yeah. It also just means there's a bunch of copies of Settlers of Catan that not Pete rated for wheat. Uh, so people are sitting down to play, and they're just like, "How the fuck? Wait, why is there no wheat?" I've got a better game. <laughs> um, so you pick up. Um, no your- time for that now, though. <laughs> Could you put a pin in that? Um, you pick up a uh, Taroka deck, uh, which is fantasy tarot cards um, that Ooh. are designed and sold specifically for this adventure. Um, oh, man. And you um, you quickly shuffle the deck and um, deal out um, five cards. And suddenly it all clicks into place. Um, you see uh, the king who you can assume is Quinny. Um, you can see the sage who would make sense as Alan. Um, so I'm flipping see... it over and I'm kind of like, like, to... huh. <laughs> 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 um, <Yeah. laughs> you flip over um, 
the uh, uh, the speaker of tales, um, who you assume is you, because uh, yeah. you know everyone yeah. has their own card that they're like, yeah, this is my one though. Um, I'm pretty, pretty good at it. You know? And then uh, you flip over a card that says the general, and damned if that card doesn't look exactly like Reginald fucking Tingler. Huh. I mean, like, uh, on the card, Reginald is, uh, or like the, the, the person on the card who looks exactly mm-hmm. like Reginald is uh, kind of uncomfortably standing at attention, but looking um, just off, like, off camera, basically, mm-hmm. like, at something that slightly confuses the person on the card, but it's, he's not necessarily going to ask questions, but is slightly confused, and there is, like, um, a Shetland-esque creature that is with in, in the card, and literally not Pete, like, holds the card up right in front of Reginald, and then takes it away and like if we were setting this up like a shot like a camera shot it's just exactly the same it's just <laughs> he's standing the same way in a room. doesn't move like even somehow the lighting is the same like it's really impressive yeah reginald uh, was flipping through twilight and then got to the part where they sparkle in sunlight and then just put it back on the shelf and is looking at it confused yeah, which like incidentally that. yeah <laughs> You wait, you wait till you find out who Renesme is. That's good. <laughs> um, so, uh, not Pete, realizing that um, both the cards and kind of your your own trusted wheat trader instincts, um, it would seem that this is what you've been waiting for. Uh, one last chance uh, to put Strahd down for good. Um, and particularly if they also... Um, have something they're seeking in Barovia. Uh, it would seem that all of your your goals are aligned. Uh, are there any questions any of you have for each other um, before you um, sort of pack up and set out? Yeah. Any leads on these magical items? Well, you know, uh, it has been a hell of a time. <laughs> um, not so. Pete. No. <laughs> well, so I will caveat that there is um, the uh, this Taroka deck that uh, Not Pete has was uh, something that um, was smuggled out of Barovia. Very few things leave Barovia. Mm. Um, Strahd As well holds we know. almost complete uh, holds complete domain um, and basically chooses what comes in or out. That doesn't mean things haven't got out, um, but it means it's incredibly rare. We've literally uh, at, got two things right here. Yeah. Come on. Well, How hard can uh, it be? Yeah. Well, those are the only two. You did it. <laughs> High five. Yeah. Well, not the only two. You get what I'm saying. In any case, um, the uh, the deck of cards is um, linked to Barovia. If not Pete was to try and do a reading about, like, how do we break into a car and... Uh, like kill Emily Antebellum, it'd be like fucking useless. Um, but mm-hmm. because of the nature of the it would cards, just all be death cards, and it'd be like, <laughs> I get it, you're mocking me, aren't you? And then it would be another death card, just giving me the finger. Like this, I'm not gonna lie, this deck is kind of got an attitude, don't you? And then um, the, uh, the picture of Reginald just kind of goes like, yeah, and I'm like, don't you? F- don't you give me that look. Yeah, and then a wheat card falls out of it. Yeah, and you're just like, I was going to say, you move the Reginald card aside and he's making the same face, but at Quinny. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, so um, it's too, um, you're, you're too far removed from the the energies of Barovia um, out here to, to read the cards. But once inside, um, not Pete, could likely do another reading that would give you some indication of, of where the, the magical items might be. That was going to be Quinny's question. Um, are you, are you coming with us? Not Pete, are you with us all the way on this? In truth, I thought it would be just me facing off against the evils of Barovia on my own, shouldering this burden on my narrow yet strong shoulders, like swimmer shoulders, like not broad, but like, you know, aqua dynamic. <laughs> you know most swimmers are broad, right? Just let me have this. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. I, Quinny told me there were no lies in this room. 
<laughs> Quinny looks so embarrassed. <laughs> Just like, oh my God. My this large no, adult no, son this, is no, making this. just a fucking mess of this. Keep control of the boy. That's fine. It's fine. I was the one who brought up my shoulders. I, you know what? It doesn't matter right now. What counts is, yes, of course. I, I, I don't often say this, but I... This is a very, like, Sarah in Labyrinth moment. It's just like, I, I need you. I need all of you. I think together we can finally take down Strahd once and for all. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the like Quinny's like just enraptured by like the the speech. <laughs> so he's just under his breath. He's just like so fucking cool, and he's just like <laughs> puts his hand out, big like and and my axe kind of moment. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and I take the hand and I do we just kind of like in in not Pete's head, you can like hear like the swelling of like the, the musical instruments, like this is the part of the movie where it's just like, yeah, and then everyone comes together so like and and shows like, yeah, kind of expecting everyone to shake hands all at the same time. <laughs> just kind of like, right, come on, ev- right, everyone, come on. But you got the book in one of those hands still? Uh, yep. <laughs> I was like, oh, here, let me hold that for yeah. you. Okay. Oh, thank you, Alan. It's like, huh? Oh, dark magic. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Like, come oh, on, no. yeah. Shaking hands. Yeah. Um, Donkey Jr. looks to you, Reginald, for um, some kind of guidance. And he's like, he snarf. Yeah, and I'll Jesus. look to Donkey Jr. and just say, well, Quinny said our opinion and feedback weren't welcome. Uh, and then he and I will go forward and just shake hands as anticipated. <laughs> cool. So with that, a fellowship was made. The Fellowship of the Strahd. <laughs> and we're all just like shaking hands and like no one's really sure who lets go first. It's that like when a hug goes on like a little bit yeah. too long, you know? I'll yeah. tell you right now, it damn well won't be Reginald. He's going <laughs> to shake hands till somebody dies if he has to. <laughs> uh, and with that, you shake hands long, long into the, <laughs> into the night. night. <laughs> almost like not he's waiting for like a slow fade, but it's real life. So that doesn't Happen? Yeah. Not yeah, he's gotten very like... cinematic in this time. Yeah. Could <laughs> <laughs> yeah. get a reach up so far to shake the hands. Um, oh, I always forget how small you are. Oh, that's beautiful. It's just a little guy. And uh, as as uh, the four of you uh, plus Donkey Junior uh, shake hands long into the night, uh, a pact was formed, uh, though unspoken, a pact to bring an end uh, to the reign of Strahd. And the curse of Strahd, if you will, uh, free Barovia, and of course, to save your friend. And with that, you set out to conquer a living devil in his own home. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, our special guest, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-A ZZAR, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Anthony Griffin, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash Dum Dum Dice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network. 
where fiction producers flourish. It's the last days of summer, 1920. Do you know where your children are? They should be playing outside. Come on, Chelsea. Mima says we're not allowed to go to this house. We're not even supposed to be on the side of town. Doing their chores. Why aren't these chicken coops clean? Please, Father. I'll be good. I'll be... Ah! Oh, God! Obeying their parents. You look me right in the eyes and tell me you didn't steal this bike. Ma, no! I've been helping Mr. Diamond, all right? Lord, don't tell me my son is working at a speakeasy. Exploring their feelings. Let's go over to the apple tree. Gosh. <laughs> okay. But unfortunately for these young fools, the neighborhood bully has other plans. Tonight, you are going to meet me out in front of the old Barnaker house. Howling house? Why? <laughs> now, a boy scout, a tag-along, a doormat, and a delinquent will dare to spend the night in the most haunted estate in Arkham. Will they survive to see the sunrise? Or will they succumb to the hunger of Howling House? You're going to die. What is that thing? Is, is this the witch's library? I'm gonna kill you! Not tonight! Roger, make him stop! No! You watch! Run away, little ones. Oh, yeah. I'm so hungry. Listen to the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program's award-winning season, Night at Howling House. The complete story, available everywhere you listen to podcasts, and at CthulhuMystery.com. All ye, all ye outs and free, all the outs and free. <laughs>